Welcome to the Legacy and Faith Show featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant. The Legacy and Faith Show is about the journey of discovering how to create plans that protect wealth and family values for generations. And now the host of the Legacy and Faith Show, Paul Grant. Along with co-host Mark Holland, it's another edition of the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant. Hi there, Paul. Hello, Mark. Hey, been looking at the subject of wealth reception. I think we'll be wrapping up that discussion this week. And you can listen to past shows on this subject and lots of other subjects at LegacyandFaith.com. And uh, you want to review again a little bit. We talked about wills and trusts uh, to accomplish the best kind of wealth reception. Right. And uh, why why not just hand over the money at the end of your life and just see what happens? But <laughs> you're saying, no, don't do that. Well, I'm not saying, no, don't do it. I'm uh, uh, my, my first uh, call to action is, well, what is the heartbeat of the Father for you? And you what is the heartbeat of of God for your family. And so I'm never going to intervene upon what somebody tells me. This is what I believe God is directing me to do. That is really the call to action is seek after the heart of the Father. Um, but we do have direction. We do have some um, some guidance from Scripture. Proverbs twenty twenty one says, An inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. So oftentimes, an inheritance comes out of the blue. And when it comes in an unexpected manner, then the next generation is not properly prepared. And I have watched many individuals squander and use an inheritance very quickly. And really... Um, the difference between a will and a trust is that a will, at the end of the day, hands over money just outright. It puts it into the uh, beneficiary's hand. And some people say, that's exactly what I want. No problem. Again, is that what the he- is that what your heavenly father wants for your family? And then other people would say, well, that's definitely not what I want. I want to make sure that they can utilize what I give them for a longer period of time and set them up for financial success. Great. Is that what your heavenly Father wants? So, and can there be a mix? Can we get some right out of the gate to somebody, but yet create a plan that protects over a period of time with the rest of it? Absolutely. But I can't use a will in that scenario. I can only use a trust in that scenario. So, if we ever want to hold and preserve assets and speak over those assets to the next generation, then we need to utilize a trust because a will is simply a way to move money. From you to the next person. It's like using a beneficiary designation. That's what my brain wanted to say that my mouth couldn't get. Um, Using a beneficiary designation at a financial institute is that a financial institute, when you pass away, will first go to a beneficiary designation or a, a transfer on death designation and say, did they fill it out? If so, that's exactly what we have to do. And that just moves money. That is a good thing. It's getting to the right person. But is it getting there in the right way? So, look, all of this discussion is hinged upon 1 Timothy 5.8. It says, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's a pretty harsh scripture, but Mm -hmm. I think it actually fits in estate planning pretty well which is we're actually called to action. We are actually called to think through what does it mean for us to prepare for our family, to take care of our own, to make sure that we are 
thoughtful and that we've listened to the heartbeat of God and designed a plan that fits his kingdom purposes as we hand off what we have to the individuals or to the charities that we are supposed to hand it off to. And by the way, this is uh, this is not a discussion of how much money you have. Um, someone who receives $100,000, $50,000 as an inheritance as in some total can do very, very well with that money. And so we need to speak over any sum of money, not just a sum of money that reaches a, spe- a particular threshold. So this is not a discussion of how much money you have. This is a discussion of what God has put into your hands, what are you called to do with it, and how are you to be called to be a good steward with it on your um, death? And how do we leave that? We need to have this discussion because First Timothy 5.8 tells us to have the discussion because we are supposed to prepare for our family. And if we don't, then it's like we've denied the faith because God prepares his, the future for us to walk into it. And so, therefore, that's what we need to do for our family. We need to prepare the financial future that we are going to give to them, whether it's a little or a lot, so that they can walk in it, be successful over it, and be good stewards of it. Hand off that mantle of what God has given from one generation to another generation, from one generation to charities. It all, it doesn't matter where it goes. What matters is what is the heartbeat of God for those funds and is it going to fulfill the kingdom purposes that he has placed over them? So we need to be good stewards. We need to prepare for our family. And that's really what this is talking about. And oftentimes we need to use a trust in order to accomplish that. So if we talk about one of the main differences of a will versus a trust, So a will is a check-writing instrument. It can hand off money to the next generation, and we're entrusting the next generation to do well with it. But what does does the next generation look like? Will the charity that you are handing things off have the same values and goals that that they do today as they will in another 10 years when when the will actually has to be enacted? So we have to look at who is receiving what we are giving to them. So in order for that, we have to look at wealth reception. Who is receiving it and are they ready for it? So there's two major areas that we need to look at. Number one is, do they have the financial skills already put into place or do they need to have, uh, and number two, do they have the same heartbeat, the same passion to fulfill God's kingdom purposes as what I have? If either of those is not aligned, we may need to do a much better job at estate planning. So if they don't have financial skill sets, we may need to give them some guidance and some uh, some ways to do well with finances over a longer period of time so that they don't utilize the money too quickly. That goes back to the Proverbs 20 scripture that I talked about. Or if they do not align with your values of actually seeking after the heartbeat of the Father, you may want to give them greater uh, guidelines on how to use the money for kingdom purposes. So, uh, So if we look at the next generation, one of the questions is, what will they do? And the answer is, I don't care, I'm dead. That is not the right answer. Okay. You do care. 
Um, as a matter of fact, I really have never met a person who truly doesn't care about what happens w- when they're gone. I don't think that's how we're designed. I think we're designed to have vision, to carry on legacy. I think we're designed in the image of God, which cares deeply about the next generation and setting them up to do well. And so even if your next generation is doing well already, meaning financially, they have good jobs, uh, some of the times the next generation is doing better than you financially, great. But um, are we setting them up with the proper tax structure? and with the proper vision that you want with what God has placed into your hands. Um, and so Proverbs 22, 6, a very common, common scripture, which is train up a child in the way that they should go, and they will, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. So oftentimes, we can look back and say, gosh, you know what? I really didn't train up my kids in a way that aligns with who I am right now. As a matter of fact, my girls are 24 and 25, and I can easily look back, and they're still young by, uh, by most people's standards. I can look back and I can go, dang, I wish I did a little more focus on this issue with my girls because now I see what the fruit of it is. I see where they're going, and it's like, okay, I can still speak to my children today as a father figure, and I, I am very blessed. My, my girls listen to my voice, and they actually desire my wisdom. So I, I'm, I'm very, very blessed to have that type of a relationship with my girls still. But I can easily look back and say, I wish I would have done this a little bit differently. Well, I think every parent has that type of a, I don't want to call it a regret. It's really not a regret. It's just that I've matured in my belief system. I've matured as a believer over the years. Um, And so therefore, as I gain more wisdom and I gain more knowledge, I look backwards and go, oh, if if I would have only known this, I could have taught my girls better. So therefore, I have an opportunity today to continue the training. But if I don't have tomorrow, then how do I continue that training? And so one of the uh, answers could be I could utilize my estate plan to give today's current wisdom Mm. to my girls and continue forward the legacy that I started. So I'm not saying that my girls are screwed up and and I, you know, I, there's no hope for him. The issue is, is that I have grown as an, as a believer. I have different knowledge and insight about my Savior and about the wor- about His Word, and that has changed how I view my world as a believer. So, therefore, if I want to get what I have today to my girls, I can do it individually. I can do it through relationship with them, but if I don't have that opportunity, I can actually put it down in my estate plan and give them direction spiritually long-term with what I with what I have been given today. So this isn't just about wealth. It's not just about your bank account. This is about that we continue to mature in our faith with our relationship with the Lord. At least that's what I'm hoping, that you are being drawn to him um, and that you are growing in your wisdom and knowledge of Jesus Christ and the work that he has done on the cross and the fullness thereof, and that there is more for you to give to your children today than what you had yesterday. And if that is true, 
then we can use estate planning as a tool to communicate that new revelation and that new words of wisdom that you would like to give them. A trust can be a very powerful tool to set up legacy, not just control. So it can be a control feature if indeed your beneficiary needs that. However, what if it was utilized in a way to set up our voice and our passion to say, this is what God has spoken to me that um, of how I am supposed to leave the money to you. Will you carry on this vision for me? When I am gone, will you build upon the vision that God gave me as a patriarch to the family? And will you do well with it in a spiritual sense and continue to build this kingdom with what I've left behind? That could be an extraordinarily powerful, powerful tool when it's left in the proper way. So it ends up coming back to 1 Timothy 5.8, which is if we don't do anything, then we've actually neglected our family. And we haven't truly fulfilled what our obligation as a believer is. So my call to action is seek the Father first. And then number two, let's get busy on developing a plan of legacy so that the heartbeat of what God has told you will be passed to the next generation. Interesting discussion today. Wealth reception. If you feel like you need to get busy on your plan and would like the uh, the uh, advice of Paul and his team, how do people get in touch with you, Paul? Head over to our website, LegacyInFaith.com. It's the, it's the first starting point. There's past podcasts that you can listen to, get a little more discussion about what the difference between wills and trusts are, and uh, gain more philosophy of, of how we run our uh, firm. But also, there's ways to communicate with us and upcoming educational workshops. So head over to LegacyInFaith.com. Okay, back with more of the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant in just a moment. Hi, this is Paul Grant with the Legacy and Faith Show. Hosea 4.6 says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. God's people need to be fully prepared in managing their finances and ensuring that their wealth is properly transferred. It is our passion to bring this knowledge to the body of Christ. If your church would benefit from having a financial and estate session that is biblically based, then I encourage you to reach out to us so that we can help design and implement a specific and strategic session for your church. Or if you are interested in estate planning services, then I likewise encourage you to reach out to us. You can go to LegacyInFaith.com and receive all the information you need. Again, go to LegacyInFaith.com. Many families realize that with the passing of each generation, their family legacy is disappearing and they're feeling regret. To alleviate this heartache, Memories Worth Telling writes their family story and creates a beautiful heirloom book to preserve their unique history. Go to MemoriesWorthTelling.com to schedule your initial consultation and learn how they can capture your legacy. Once again, that's MemoriesWorthTelling.com. We now return to the Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant, and continue today's practical discussion to apply biblical principles for kingdom purposes. Along with co-host Mark Holland, Legacy and Faith Show this week, wrapping up our discussion on the ideas around wealth reception, how to pass that baton to the next generation in a proper way, taking into account all of the peculiar needs of your family or maybe some charities and wills and trusts and how that's accomplished. And you kind of want to look at how different generations might 
have uh, different ideas on how wealth reception should happen and how to navigate that, Paul. Yeah, so um, Proverbs thirteen twenty two says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And uh, so how do we fulfill that scripture? How do we bridge the gap between different generations? There's a generational gap in how money flows. There was a study done by Allianz Group, and it's a life insurance uh, group, and they asked questions. It was probably about five years ago now. They asked multiple questions to different generations to pull out what is – how do you view money? What does it look like um, between the generations? And um, if you don't know, there's multiple generations walking on the earth right now. Uh, there's uh, six generations currently living, which is the it's the mature slash elders, which are those who are born between 1927 and 1945. Baby boomers, that's probably the biggest one from if you're born between 1946 and 1964. Um, generation X, my generation, yay X, um, 1965 to 1980. And we go into Generation Y. They're still not sure. 1987 to the year 2000. And then Generation Z is um, anyone born after 2001. As a matter of fact, statistically in 2006, there um, there were more U.S. births than ever before. And 46% um, of that were from a Hispanic population. So, um, so we are looking – at um, at what happens generation to generation, and all of these different things change how a um, how people view money. You know, mature elders, individuals who went through the Great Depression, civil rights, they stayed at a job forever and ever. They did not change jobs very much. Baby boomers, on the other hand, were revolutionaries, rock and roll, the first generation with uh, with TV. Uh, too, all of a sudden, the, the idea of too busy for neighbors a relationship, and they become reliant upon utilizing debt to leverage things. My generation is very entrepreneurial focused. Uh, individualistic means idealistic. So we look at money very idealistic, but we want things right now. We're very happy to spend your money. Thank you for making it. Um, and uh, we've, we're one of the first generations that has experienced a lot of mixed households. Um, parents got divorced, brought in blended families until, um, until generation until the baby boomers started divorcing and getting remarried, that was not as common in previous generations. Uh, and then Generation Y, 1987 to uh, year 2000, they desire structure and morals. Why? Because uh, baby boomers took a lot of that out of the population. And then my generation did not have the stability of, of growing up in church. So now it f- comes full circle again to where this Generation Y is actually seeking after stability, but they're looking for it in the wrong places. They're very educationally driven, and they have a lot of pressure put upon themselves. Their anxiety levels are higher than than any other generation because of this this unspoken pressure, and they were actually uh, brought up in the digital age, which changed how they view relationships. Mm. So why take all this time to speak about this? Because all of this influences our view upon money. All of this 
influences how an individual will spend money. All of this influences how someone will actually leverage it to do well or to not do well. And it looks at an underlying societal morality that has changed over the years. And all of this needs to be accounted for, which is my parents, both my parents are still living. I'm very fortunate. And how they view money is very different than how I view money. But yet, because I was raised from them, I certainly took on a lot of those characteristics. And then how my children view money. Now, they're they're 24 and 25, so they're much younger. They're still developing their financial habits and their true viewpoints of what to do with money. But I, if we lined up my parents compared to my children's view of money, boy, that's a big gap. That's a really big gap. And oftentimes, I have clients who want to leave things to the next generation. They actually um, want to fulfill Proverbs 13 of leaving an inheritance to your children's children. So then we need to do a better job about looking at that generation who is going to receive money. Look at what their values of money are instead of what your values are and design a plan accordingly. And design a plan that will assist them financially and long-term. As a matter of fact, you may have very different values of money than your own children. And if that's true, then you may want to set up a plan that um, that holds more of your values over how they are going to utilize their money. And so this Alliance um, study comes out with a lot of amazing things, which is my generation is far more concerned with listening to your stories and getting your history out of you before you pass away. Mm. We've actually had the ability to earn some money, not as much as what the baby boomers did. So we're, we're going to be the recipients of wealth. That's very wonderful. But actually, it's not the money that my generation is after. It's actually after your stories. It's actually after the history of our grandparents that we may have lost now that we don't want to lose again. As a matter of fact, in society, there's a lot, lot of push about, um, about who, your genealogy and these other things of who, where did you come from and what stories can you capture? Um, and so for whatever reason, the study showed, the Allianz study showed that even though we have a very different approach to money, It's actually the stories that my generation and my children's generation long for. We don't want to lose family history. So in this drill of estate planning, developing a legacy, it is as important that we ensure the long-term voice of the creator, not just the money of the creator. And most estate plans are built with money in mind instead of legacy in mind. And so we need to recorrect this. We need to start thinking about legacy matters. Legacy is critical. The heartbeat of what God has told you for your family, that's what my generation wants to hear, and that's definitively what my children's generation wants to hear about. Yes, everybody wants more money. And that's just that's just true, okay? Even the rich want more, more want more money, okay? People with millions and millions of dollars want more money, but not at the price of forfeiting 
who you are, not at the price of forfeiting that we lose all of our family history and all of the storytelling. We need to start doing better at leaving a legacy instead of just leaving money. We need to do better as the body of Christ to leave a vision to the next generation. It's what they hunger and thirst for. And so they desire for that spiritual boundary of safety with finances and with family legacy. So why are we not giving it to them? I believe that the Word of God tells us definitively to take care of our own, to speak over your family with vision, with purpose, with passion, and to leave them and set them up financially to carry out that vision and that passion. So therefore, let's do estate planning. Let's do this drill right. Let's do it with passion. Let's do it with God's vision in mind. Go seek your Heavenly Father so that He can give you your vision for your family, and let's fulfill it together. Okay, interesting discussion. Uh, Last few episodes, Wealth Reception. Again, previous episodes you can find at LegacyInFaith.com. People can also find out how to work with you on their estate there, Paul. Is that right? That's right. So again, just like you mentioned here, go to LegacyInFaith.com. There's a lot more information. Would love to get to know you. LegacyInFaith.com. Okay, always great stuff. Legacy and Faith Show with estate and tax planning attorney Paul Grant here on KCIS. Thank you for joining us for the Legacy and Faith Show. You can find more information about the show and Paul Grant at LegacyAndFaith.com. Join us next week at the same time as we learn to build God's kingdom and continue our journey on how to protect wealth and family values for generations. All discussions on the Legacy and Faith Show are intended to be about general legal issues. If a situation applies to you, then we encourage you to seek specific legal advice. Please do not rely upon any discussions from this program in place of having a personal relationship with your attorney. Any listener question that may have been answered also does not constitute legal advice and does not establish a client-attorney relationship.